Seth Green is a nationally recognized direct response marketing expert. Seth is the author of eight best-selling marketing books and book seven, Market Domination for Podcasting, is on the shelves at Barnes & Noble right now. Seth is the co-host of the number six rated podcast in 2019, the Sharkpreneur podcast with Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington. Seth has been interviewed on the news on NBC twice, CBS once, featured in Inc. Magazine, Forbes, CBS Money Watch, NBC, CBS News, the LA Times, the Boston Globe, the Miami Herald, and the number one morning radio show in New York City. Seth is the founder of one of the fastest growing direct response marketing firms in the country. That is marketdominationllc.com. That will make new customers appear for your business like magic. Seth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and share with your listeners and your viewers. What message and mission are you currently working on that is most relevant to marketers right now? So we're doing a couple things that are really relevant to marketers right now. We are doing a how to retain your current clients during the COVID crisis and how to expand your business and get a larger share of the market, given that your competitors are hiding under their desks and dialing down their marketing budgets. And the other thing that we're doing right now is... Uh, teaching people, we're doing it for them, how to recruit their top 50 dream clients, affiliates, webinar swaps, JV partners, centers of influence, and get those people promoting their business every week for a year. Love it. So I was looking at some of the things that you've got going on, and you have a lot going on. And uh, I, it made me curious about you as a leader, your leadership style, and how you motivate yourself to uh, do all the things that you do, manage the complexity and um, continue to build. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. That's a great, I never get asked that question. That's awesome. It's always hardcore direct marketing questions. Okay. (laughs) So I love it. So what is my leadership style? A benevolent dictator, probably. (laughs) I, I am, God, if you ask my staff, it depends on the day. So I, when everything is going well, when people are doing what they're supposed to do, I'm very sweet and very generous and very patient. Um, and when it's not, I tend to be abrupt, possibly abrasive, very direct. I want things done right. I want them done right the first time and I want them done yesterday. And I have really high standards for myself and I kind of expect everybody else fairly or unfairly to live up to those. I see. Okay. And at a really high level, what is it that your organization does? Uh, We create direct response marketing campaigns in various forms of media that drives leads, prospects, or sales for our business owner clients. So for a financial advisor or a professional practice like an accountant, a lawyer, a financial advisor, an orthodontist, that might be new consultations or butts in the seats at a workshop or a seminar or a webinar before COVID. For our information marketers, our author, speakers, coaches, consultants, and uh, that might be building a webinar funnel, writing the webinar and driving traffic where literally at the end of it, people punch in their credit cards and buy whatever that course is. And then for our e-commerce folks that are selling physical products, whether that's some type of nutritional supplement or books, it's literally sales. We you know, drive sales every single day and we can track, hey, we generated 27 sales for you today or you know, 20,000 this month or whatever it is. Great. So our mission is to create business for our business owner clients. So we grow your business so you can run it. Excellent. And I think that speaks well to the previous question about complexity, because as you know, building a funnel is a lot like building a small business. 
It really is. That's a great way to put it. It's like a lot like building a house. You got to have a blueprint. You got to have all the parts. You got to get all the subcontractors to show up on the right day in the right order at the right time. And then, of course, it's all got to work together. All the systems to the house have to work together so that when you flip on a switch, the furnace goes on. When you tell Alexa, turn on the air conditioning, turn on the lights, turn on the gas, it all works. In our case, in our version, that's literally traffic going through the funnel, going through all the steps, and then ultimately either booking an appointment or buying a product and punching in their credit card. Love it. Sure. And I can hear the energy that you're using to drive the bus, which is, uh, I think, I'm sure that the users and audience and listeners and your customers can feel that too. So that's great. How did your past lead you to what you're doing right now? Wow. So I started out as a retail financial advisor, as a college financial planner, helping parents dramatically reduce the cost of college for their kids, sending their kids to Ivy League elite private schools for the cost of a state school. And I was told I was given a phone book my first day after passing all my licensing exams. 20 years ago, my branch manager handed me the phone book. This is before the internet and said, all your clients are in there. Go get them, Tiger. And I didn't know any better. So I made 300 cold calls, interrupting strangers, asking for money, interrupting dinner every single day for years until I had the good fortune to start learning direct response marketing from Dave D and then Dan Kennedy, which caused my career to take off. I was the 6,700th last place ranked rep at a Fortune 500 financial services firm. After working with Dan in two years, I was in the top 30 nationwide. And I was, you know, half the age or a third of the age of the people I was competing against. So it got me a whole lot of press in the industry for meteoric growth. My phone started ringing up financial advisors and insurance agents who said, how do I become you? How do I do what you did? And Dan said, start a marketing company and do it for him. So I did uh, 13 years ago. And that started out as me and one financial advisor that I would let license my stuff. It worked in his market. So we took off and we started selling it around the country and I started hiring people. And that firm has now grown. I think we've got 35 employees now and we've served over 2000 clients literally in almost every time zone in the planet. And it's been an incredible roller coaster ride. Love it. Market. Of course, now we've got you know the internet and we've got social media and we've got a whole lot of tools to get our clients messages out that we didn't have 20 years ago when I started when pretty much all we had was direct mail and print advertising. Right. Right. Okay, great. So what's some tactics for market domination during this COVID crisis and beyond? So for us, we think it's we are we are trying to add as much value to our clients beyond what they pay us for as we can. So I am doing a whole lot more webinars with, for our list of clients and prospects, sharing with them other people's ideas, other people's products, other people's services, because I can't have a monopoly. We do four things really well. We don't do 20. So if they need those other 15, we can't do it. We've got to send them somewhere else. So I'm exposing them to other people and we're adding value because we're teaching them stuff that doesn't make us any money. We added a bi-monthly print magazine that we snail mail. We added a monthly newsletter that we snail mail. We are trying to stay in front of our clients and prospects more than we ever have before. Uh, my podcast has gone from airing once a week to three times a week to literally every single day. And we still have like a two month backlog of episodes because so many people want to be on the show that we can't keep up, which is an awesome problem to have. And we're trying to, I'm also trying to do go live. Uh, I try and appear everywhere all the time. So when we stream, we're going to Facebook, lot, Facebook, our fan page, my personal profile, a couple of groups I'm in. 
LinkedIn Live and YouTube Live. So we're in seven places at once. And I try and stream at least a couple times a week and just teach something. Hey, here's something that worked. Here's something that we did for a client. Here's something that you can do. Not asking for any money. Just, hey, go try this and see if it works and use it in your business and adding value to the marketplace as a whole. And of course, that's bringing more business our way too. So Love it. that's a lot of information. Long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, that's great. And which of those channels has been most interesting or exciting for you? which has been most interesting or exciting. So I'm biased. I think that our, our I would say our podcast that has, um, I'm the co-host of two, Sharkpreneur, which was number six last year with Kevin. And we co-host another show together called Startup Millionaire that's focused on one specific market. And I would say because of our process for, getting guests and then strategically and then turning them into either clients or affiliates of ours that work so well that we are blessed with an abundance of track you know partners where I'm when I used to do one or two webinars a month that promoted our products and services now I'm probably doing a couple every week simply because there's so many people who respond to our process and say yes they come on the show and then they become partners that it's it's been we're busier than we've ever been before Excellent. And uh, who are, if you don't mind me asking, what are you seeing in terms of trends? Who is most busy at the moment? What verticals are most inter interesting, exciting, busy? So I would say the because so many more so many people are stuck home right now as we're recording this. Sure. They're all online a lot more. So there's a ton more traffic on Facebook, on Google. People are on their phones a lot more than they used to be. So I think anything you can advertise online could be exciting because there's more traffic and it's cheaper right now. I think our professional practices that all previously a large percentage of those, whether it's a financial advisor or an orthodontist, you know, they sold via a lot of them sold via in-person workshops, in-person dinner seminars, which they can't do right now. So they, we've, they've all had to switch to online lead generation, which we were already doing. So it's brought a lot of new business our way of people who go, oh my God, I can't do what I used to do. I need something else and I need it yesterday. And then I think another area that's really exciting is our clients that we do direct mail for. If you've noticed, if you've paid attention, there's a whole lot less junk mail in your mailbox than there used to be. I used to do, a, I did a weekly show called Fix My Direct Mail and I would have 10 or 20 pieces that I would get in a week that I would then critique on air and help improve whether they were our clients or total strangers or people sent them in. And now if I get two or three in a week, I'm surprised. So our direct mail has worked a lot better because there's way less competition for whatever reason. Even big companies have dramatically cut down on how much mail they're sending, which leaves less competition and more of a vacuum to be filled by smart marketers like you and me. Excellent. And uh, regarding those professional services, folks, what are some of the most common taps, tips and tactics and tricks you're giving them at the moment? So a lot of them, again, sold via in-person seminar. And there are a lot of marketers in those industries saying, take your in-person seminar and turn it into an online webinar. Right. And it doesn't work. If you just take your exact same dinner seminar presentation and put it online, it's going to flop. I know. I tried it three times before I realized I was wasting my money. <laughs> you can't do the exact same presentation because online, people are expecting something different than if they're sitting in a room watching someone speak. Online, they're used to watching YouTube. They're used to watching Netflix. They're expecting TV. So for example, I saw another a financial advisor. I've opt in for everybody else's webinars because I want to learn and see what they're doing. 
And I saw one guy who stayed on the same slide for 23 minutes. And I, I messaged him later. He wasn't a client. I responded to an ad. And I said, listen, I don't know. You don't know who I am, but this is why I'm writing you. And if you took a look at your analytics, I guarantee you, like you lost 70% of your audience in that 23 minutes. They're expecting TV and MTV with slash cuts. Like literally, we might do a webinar that's 60 minutes and it might have 200 slides. And each slide might be 10 or 20 seconds because you've got to keep the images moving. Otherwise, people's attention starts to drop and they start multitasking. So I would say that's one of the biggest things we're trying to help people with who are taking their presentations online is you have to rewrite them for what your consumer perceives as TV as opposed to if that guy was in the restaurant and bribing people with dinner and they were all eating and they were watching him and not the slide, he might be able to get away with 20 minutes on a slide, but you can't do it online. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to make a plumber a performer. That's also true. We've had that issue of taking clients who they've recorded their webinar the way we rewrote it for them. And then I'll say, hey, that was a great first draft. Can you record it again? And this time drink three Red Bulls before you record it. <laughs> and then they record it again. I'm like, you didn't drink any Red Bull. Yes, I did. I can't tell. Like, you got to be excited. You got to be almost a pitch man. You got to be a Billy. You know, you got to be uh, a. You, I can't. Billy Zane. <laughs> you got to be a Billy. You got to be those guys. I mean, you don't have to be them if that's not your personality. But selling is a transverse of emotion. If you're not excited and passionate about what you've got to offer and that doesn't come across on camera, it won't work. I've got clients who were phenomenal at the front of a room and close two thirds of the room. As soon as you put a camera on them, they freeze and become a different person. And I said, this isn't gonna work. Either I'll record the webinar and pretend that I'm your chief marketing officer and I'm talking about you, or we gotta come up with something else because if you can't stop doing the feeler, feeler, it's not gonna convert. <laughs> and monotone is really tough on air, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, very good. Well. In terms of your vision for the future, obviously we're in a, what, God willing, is a, a transient situation. It's temporary. Won't be coronavirus forever. And I don't know if everybody uh, can be doing webinars all the time, but what do you think the future is going to look like in this space? It's a really good question. My crystal ball is a little murky. <laughs> I think, I don't know that we ever go back to real normal, regular, nor what normal was, because I think so many businesses have been forced to go virtual but now they're realizing they can and that they didn't need a physical office before and that they could FedEx paperwork back and forth and do things with DocuSign. I had a consultation with an advisor yesterday who said, you know what, we, we've gone virtual because we had to, but I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to renew my lease. I'm, I, I, I want to work from my laptop wherever I feel like it. So I don't know. I mean, now there's physical. I mean, an orthodontist can't put Invisalign on your teeth via Zoom, right? He right. needs to have people in his physical chair. But I think there are a whole lot of businesses like my daughters, both are doing, uh, my youngest is doing da her dance class from her dance studios are virtual now because they have to be. And my middle child, she's doing all of her musical theater classes virtually. And they literally recorded their musical on Zoom yesterday where they recorded the snippet of each person saying their lines and doing their scene and they're adding it all together into a recording, you know, for parents to see what we paid for. But it opens up the fact that, wow, some of these businesses are going to be bigger than they ever were before because they went virtual. So my martial arts studio has been doing virtual classes. So that begs the question, okay, I can't spar on Zoom. But right. 
if my daughter can do a dance class, could that dance studio now go virtual and get clients all over the country? They can't do a dance recital in one place, but they could teach virtual separate classes. Could the gym owner who's been doing virtual workouts sell those nationwide? So he may end up, some of those people, if they want to, and if they're smart, will end up with bigger, better businesses than they had before when they thought they were limited to one physical location. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, I know we need to wrap up momentarily here, but I'd love to ask, I know you do a lot of shows. Do you have any stories that you think would resonate well for marketers? I've got stories from being interviewed on someone else's show or just stories from my career? Just stories that resonate well. Okay, be, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll give you one of my biggest mistakes. How about that? Perfect. So we were doing a consultation, a marketing proposal for one of the largest regional personal injury law firms in our area, in a multi-state area. So these are like the people who have ads on television every five seconds, you know, if you're hurt in a car. So (laughs) it took nine months to go from beginning to, okay, get me a contract, I'll get you a check. It was at the time they were going to become our biggest client. It was a multiple six-figure contract with performance incentives to take it to seven figures. They were building a new building. We were going to move into their building. We were getting office space in their building. They were going to become our biggest client. And we were going to obviously be getting space from them as well. And so he said, give me a contract. I'll get you a check on Monday because it was Friday. Um, I started hiring. I had interviewed people to help support all of the work we were gonna to have to do. He said, you're hired, get me a contract. I told them they were hired. And I had them start doing stuff. And I got him a contract on Monday, a couple of days go by, I don't hear anything. Hey, did you mail it? I'm dripping, I send emails, I send phone calls, I leave messages, I've got people doing work. And literally it took me too long to figure, a month went by and I got payroll due. And I'm freaking out. So I literally canceled all my appointments for one day, went to his office building, told the secretary, she said, do you have an appointment? I said, no, but here's the deal. It's been a month. I don't have a check. I am, I got, I brought a book. I am camping out in your, in your lobby all day long until I get an answer. I will wait literally all day till five o'clock and he walks out the door. So she stormed off in a huff and came back like two minutes later. He changed his mind. He's not going to do it. Oof. And that was a multiple six-figure money that was mentally spent in my bank account, in my head. My wife, we were house shopping at the time, and I had qualified for a mortgage based on that money coming in. Because this was a while ago where it was stated income, not actual tax returns. So my wife was shopping for a much bigger, more expensive house that I thought I could afford, that when it turned out I didn't get the deal, I couldn't afford anymore. And I had to go home and tell her, hey, listen, you need to shave a couple hundred grand off that purchase price of the house. Oh, that is. So that was, yeah, that was not a fun day, but the most important lesson, I I learned a bunch of lessons. Number one, don't spend the money even mentally until it clears your bank account. Number two, don't hire anybody until the check clears. And number three, don't allow one client to be such a big percentage of your revenue that if they change their minds, flake out on you, charge back, ask for a refund, you're out of luck because he was going to be a big chunk of our revenue and it should have, we have been spent many years since then diversifying and saying, yes, we have our top end of our funnel of our clients who pay us the most, but we really need what Corona has inspired us to do is fill out the bottom end of the funnel, come up with services that might be 500 bucks a month. that might be a thousand bucks a month that aren't five or 10 K 
and sell a lot of them so that we have more stability. Because if you only have, if you have five client, 10 clients that pay you 10 grand a month, you're doing 1.2 million. But if three of them decide to quit, you're having a really bad year. Right. But if we've got a hundred paying a thousand a month, if we lose 10, it's not that big a deal. Sure. Excellent. That was very helpful. Okay, perfect. Well, Seth, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, but if you, I don't think so. I think that was an, uh, you did a great job. And if your folks want to talk to us about how we can help them, um, we're happy to do a 15 minute marketing critique where they show us what they're doing and we tell us how to, we tell them how to make it better. That's at marketdominationllc.com. Just watch the sizzle reel, the trailer, fill out the form. You'll get taken to our calendar. We're happy to talk to you. There's no sales pressure on that call. We're not going to try and sell you anything. It's just, hey, here's what you're doing. We'll tell you if we think you can make it better or not and how. And if you want to do it with us, that's totally up to you. Seth, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me.